Grand Rising, good morning. Peace, love, joy, happiness on this Saturday morning. This is SFA Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina's premier Black-owned independent podcast. And we getting ready to scratch the surface, grab some shovels, dig into the dirt, and unearth another great topic that we do believe will affect and has taken effect inside the Black community, not only in Charlotte, but in the United States of America and around the world. Hopefully, where you're listening from, you can identify with this as well. And as always, you're listening to Brother Stokes. And I got my podcast partners, my producing partners, them that ride with me till the wheels fall off. And yes, 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 they are down like four flat tires. We got Miss Keeks. What's up? What's up? What's up? How y'all doing? Peace and love, family. And then, you know, we got the young bull. We got the young stunner coming all the way from the ATL now residing in Charlotte. That is Mr. Knox Liz. ATL Georgia, what do we do for you? Hey, what's up, what's up? It's your boy in the building. Let's get to it, man. Man, man. So here's what we're dealing with today. And we say we're dealing with it today because guess what? We always are dealing with this, whether we know it or not. Almost at every space we find ourselves in. And we just had to bring it out so everybody can start talking about it again. We're going to have a whole nother conversation. And today we're focusing on ethics, morals, and principles. Now, we've done this before where when we've gotten into such topics, we want to make sure that our listening audience, as well as our own selves, are on a good level of comprehension when it comes to what we're speaking on. So I'm going to lead it in, but I'm only leading it in playing teacher so that I can give out these definitions and the etymology of these three words. So here you go, people. We're going to start off with morals. Now, all of my definitions and etymology I found through my Google search coming upon the Oxford Dictionary. So morals, definition number one, a lesson, especially one concerning what is right or prudent that can be derived from a story, mark that, a piece of information or an experience. Definition number two, a person's standards of behavior or beliefs concerning what is and is not acceptable for them to do. Once again, I'm going to read definition number two of morals. A person's, meaning an individual, standing alone. A person's standards of behavior or beliefs concerning what is and is not acceptable for them to do. Now, what I find very interesting when it comes to the etymology of this word morals, as we use it in today's English, it comes from the Latin mos, M-O-S, or more, M-O-R, or mores, M-O-R-E-S. Now, 
a lot of people in certain circles understand that word mores, even though they didn't know what it meant. It actually means morals, and it's the actual Latin root for morals. Now, here's what's interesting about morals, the word. Morals is a combination of two other Latin words, which is moralis, M-O-R-A-L-I-S, and moralia, M-O-R-A-L-I-A. Now, when you come to the late Middle English usage of moralia, you get the reason for why the word morals actually exists today. Here's what I mean. Moralia, as a noun, the word was first used to translate the title of St. Gregory the Great, which was Gregory the first, one of the popes, his exposition on the book of Job. And subsequently, the word moralia began being used to explain and be applied to all the works of various classical writings. So this word morals is actually a word that began to be used to describe a story. <laughs> or not even a story. Let's say it, let's say it specifically. It wasn't used to describe the story that Gregory the Great was writing. It was a way to translate the fact that he had created a set of writings that had a basic and and this is what's gonna this is what's gonna uh, be most important. He had a, a a set of writings that had a basic set of principles. Now those basic set of principles were within the standards of Christianity, because again he started he started to translate the Book of Job, and he translated it into many different stories. So that's where we get the word morals. Now I'm going to give you the definition and the etymology for the word principles. Definition one for principles. A fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior. We've heard that before. Or for a chain of reasoning. And then definition number two of principles, a general scientific theorem or law that has numerous special applications across a wide field. Now, again, when you get into the etymology, the breakdown, how did this word come to be? When did we begin using it? When you get into the etymology of the word principles, this is what we are going to find when I said about morals. Now things are going to start to make a little bit more sense. So principles has its base in Latin for the word princeps, P-R-I-N-C-E-P-S, or the word princip, P-R-I-N-C-I-P. Princeps actually translates to the word first, and princip 
translates to the word chief. So now those two words were then later expanded within the Latin as principium, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-I-U-M, and princip principia, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-I-A. Principium actually has the uh, can be translated or is translated to the word source, and principia is translated to the word foundations. Now, those words in the old French were combined. And when those two Latin words were combined in the old French, the old French wrote it as principle, P-R-I-N-C-I-P-L-E. And then later in the late Middle English usage of the word, they kept the very same spelling as the old French principle. So again, when we are talking about principles, we are really talking about what's first, what's chief, as in most important, what is the source, or what is the foundation of something. This is why, again, when you go back to morals, your morals being actually based on stories or lessons or actual uh, information that you gain, these morals are born out of what you consider to be your principles. I hope everybody's following me so far because now we finna hit this thing on the head and we are gonna take off running. And that's with the word ethics. Oh man, so I'm gonna say this first and foremost because this blew my mind when I when I sat there and I researched the definition and the, and the etymology. First and foremost, the usage of the word ethics itself, E-T-H-I-C-S, the usage of the word ethics has been around since the, the before the 1800s, since the the ending of the 1500s, the actual way we spell it today, E-T-H-I-C-S. Now, there was a small uptick in the usage of the word at the beginning of 1900. And then we saw an all-out spike in the usage of the word, or what you could call a considerable rise in the usage of the word around 1970. Now, this is particular to American usage of the word. So just hold that in your mind, the word ethics. We, we, it's been around, but it hadn't been in use until about 1900. And then it didn't really become widespread and in use until about 1970. So the definition, definition number one, moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of an activity. Definition number two, a, uh, excuse me, the branch of knowledge that deals with moral principles. 
So I, I want us to I want us to get a great. I want you to comprehend what you're hearing, people. I want you to comprehend what you're hearing. Once again, definition number one of ethics: moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of an activity. And definition number two of ethics: the branch of knowledge that deals with moral principles. Now, the etymology. Ethics comes from the Greek word ethos, E-T-H-O-S. And then the expanded or the compound word, he, etyki, to techni. Let me say it again. He, etyki, techni. H-E-E-T-H-I-K-E. T-E-K-H-N-E. And from that expanded Greek word, you get the Latin word etice, E-T-H-I-C-E. And then you come into the old French ethic, E-T-I-Q-U-E, and the old English usage, which they kept the Greek, the original Greek ethos, and that combination in the late Middle English was then made into ethics. Now, here's the thing that 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 really, outside of the usage of the word, it, it sparked an interest in me personally when we were going to talk about this topic. The word ethos itself in the Greek is defined as the character, the character, excuse me, the characteristic spirit of a culture, era, or community as manifested in that culture, era, or community's beliefs and aspirations. So we're done with the breakdown of the of the definitions and the and the etymology. And, and I wanted to end on ethics because we are discussing how we as African Americans here inside Charlotte, North Carolina, are actually moving, having our being operating when we, and we all know this, when we are encountering that are not American viewing us from, from their morals, their principles, their ethics. And so one of the examples I wanted to bring forward so that we, you know, again, I'm laying a good base or a good foundation. The example I want to bring forward is that of Mayor Vi Lobs, a awesome mayor for the city, the first African-American woman mayor of Charlotte, yet we have to be well aware 
that even though she walks with her own personal set of ethics, morals, and principles, she is also having to navigate them that are not African-American. She's having to navigate through their morals, ethics, and principles. And then you got to add a third layer on top of that. She's Charlotte's black mayor after another black mayor was in office who had corrupted ethics, morals, and principles. And I'm speaking of Patrick Cannon. Patrick Cannon was the mayor of Charlotte as well, African-American as well, yet he himself, based on his morals, ethics, and principles, allowed for himself to become embroiled in a bribery situation and he ended up going to prison. And so I'm gonna pass this over to you, Keeks, but what I'm passing it over with is a question. Me laying this foundation, we knowing we're gonna have this conversation about ethics, morals, and principles as African-Americans, knowing that we have to navigate through everyone else's, not only within our culture, but them that are not in our culture. Mm-hmm. What do you, as a Black woman, think when you hear that someone like Valiles has to navigate that space as well? What does it, what does it, what does this say to you? For me, it just makes me think of all of the institutions and the systems that we're operating under. So like, for example, her being a political figure, for me, it makes me curious to know what that what navigating through that is like. Like, is it going to be the same as me navigating through it? Or would hers be different? And if so, what what ways will make her experience different than mine? And also just thinking about how we have to so in the midst of also going through or being processed by other people's morale and what their moral compass sees us as and position us as, that we also have to formulate our own. So I know, like, for example, when you grow up as a child, you know, you will be raised upon the morale that your parents will put upon you, or I don't want to make it sound forced but pretty much you follow the same moral code that your parents were brought upon and things like that but then as you get older you know sometimes that can change so I guess even in saying that just thinking of that as another layer or another um another what's the word I'm looking for uh like another format or system that we have to go through and navigating through that. But most importantly, just makes me wonder what her experience would be like and how that compares to mine. Hmm. And now, uh, Brother Knoxless, when you hear about it, being a Black man that has his own set 
of morals, ethics, principles. And, and, and you're hearing such a thing and you know what it's like because you navigate every day. You're, you're in a corporate setting. What, what, where does your mind go? Um, I, 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 is, hmm, man, dang. Like imagine, imagine you, imagine you're like a sniper, right? And you just see like the target, but you just dog, you don't know what to hit because everything looks juicy. That's 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 how I'm. That's what I'm thinking right now. Because <laughs> I'm thinking like, like like I hear monolith. I hear, um, you know, expectations that we put on people. Uh, so let me just go off. I just feel like. I just feel like society puts a, a, a monolith on, on black people, especially black figureheads. And when people actually rise, it's like, okay, you need to be this, or this is how you need to act, or this is what you're supposed to do. These are the principles that the culture, or these are the morals and the ethics that this environment needs you to have in order for us to, like, what do you mean? Like everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own thing. And I feel like we need to not cast expectations on the people that one are unrealistic and two that we don't even expect for ourselves. Mm. Mm. And I feel like with the mayor situation, it's just like Keeks Keeks really said a point yesterday, but it's just like really expecting a woman to come in and just fix everything. Mm. And mm. that that expectation to put on anyone, to be honest, is unrealistic. But then on top of that, to put not only the first, not only the first woman mayor, Charlotte, but the first black woman mayor. Like the added pressure of of just that, let alone, you know, upholding this culture societal view. And um, I just feel like everybody just needs to look at, first of all, people need to define their own morals, define their own ethics, define their own principles. Because I feel like we just, like he said, we just do a lot of accepting of what other people tell us opposed to doing the research ourselves and really defining it for ourselves. Because it means more when you define it for yourself. Mm -hmm. In my mm. opinion. No, that's an awesome. That's an awesome thing to say because I, I, you know, in 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 reality, you are expressing exactly what the definition of each one of those words are, because each one of those words only have legs when you put them in the arena of the singular individual, which does bring the second question of our conversation for us to speak on: what today? 2021, what is today's America's morals? Like, what is the ethics of today? What are the principles of today? From your viewpoint, being who you are. And, and again, uh, Ms. Keith, I asked you to, to answer that question first. Hmm. The morals of today. You say um, in America, right? Yeah. It, well, this is the only place we live. So, yes, inside America. Hmm. 
trying to find a way to word it. I feel like hmm. fulfilling your personal needs and your personal desires. I feel like America is becoming one of those places that's a microwave of like it it likes microwave satisfaction. Mm. Like it doesn't it's losing the the value of patience and I know Knoxless talks about this a lot. He said in our last episode too about like you know you just you get so excited about arriving at the destination that you lose value of the journey. You lose value of the journey or you don't appreciate the journey as a whole. And I feel like America is really going to this place where, you know, we want things and we want it fast. We want it immediately rather than really taking the time to dedicate ourselves towards goals and getting there. You know, granted, it may not be the same as, it may not be the same outcome or even the same thing physically. I guess we want to get it to that perspective, but just not appreciating the journey as a whole. And I can't find a way of like a term to box that under. I just think of that right away when I think of America. And just thinking about, you know, like, I guess globalization as a whole, you know, us shopping online and the things that are being done to the planet and just us wanting our needs met as fast as possible. Yeah. Which is being I, I, very sufficient in what you want and what you desire. I think instant gratification is what you, maybe a good word. That too. That too, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I feel like cash rule everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> like that's the ethics, man. That's the morals. Like when you really break down America to the T, it's about the bread. We said it in the in a previous episode, like. We're not dropping previous episodes just to say it. Like, we've been saying this. You know, anchor.fm forward slash SFA Charlotte if you want to tune in. However, capitalism. It's all about the cap. It's all about the bread. It's all about the money. Everything is about the bottom line. Your feelings, we don't care about that. You hungry, we don't care about that. You got the bread? You got a business idea? Okay. We'll throw you some bread. We'll throw you some money. You sick? Go to the hospital. They full? Go to another one. Like it's all about the money. It's all about the bread. And that's how I feel like I, I, I want to say like, I don't, I don't demonize it. Like it's bad, but I just feel like that's the sole focus of a lot of things in society is the money. And I feel as though it's more so using money as a tool. I guess that's a, I don't know if that's a principle or that's a moral ethic, but it's just looking at money and looking at money. As you look at a hammer, it's a tool. Don't become obsessed with something to the point of your life is surrounded around it to the mm-hmm. point of if you, you feel like that's all you need to have to be fulfilled because money is nothing but paper. Yo, I could burn all that thing up and now it's gone. So, um, yeah, that's I, 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 I honestly how I feel Major, in the majority. Of course, there are subsets out here, but in the majority, 
It's about that cash, that moolah. What they say, uh, dang, something, something talk, but money, no. Oh, yeah, talk is cheap, but money walk, something, something, some phrase, I don't know. It's just money walk. That's all I know at the end. Money, money make it move. Money talk, BS walks. That's it. That's it. <laughs> See? It's uh, better than us. It's about that bread. Get the cash. You good. You don't got the cash. You in trouble. Trouble. Yeah. I and and both of you are saying great things and and you're bringing highlight I guarantee to some people now when they think about how they are moving in their day, but also how things are moving around them in their day when being found anywhere inside this America. I would say the morals of America today are in line with the word opportunistic because opportunistic is a positive and it can be applied in a negative manner because we have to know that we are continuously being encouraged to be opportunists. You, 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 you put yourself in the proper position because you never know who you might find yourself in front of and you never know what they might have in their hand as a good assist for where you're trying to get to. So you want to be a good opportunist. But then you can also, hey, be a good opportunist. Never know. That right person might be in the right place and you might catch them on the right day with the wrong attitude. And now it is your opportunity to come up off of them. So I think that's the morals of America today. As a nation, each individual is being encouraged to take the position of an opportunist. That's just my thought. I'm, you know, that's what I see when I see how America moves today in 2021. I just, which, you know, makes me have to ask this question. What is the morals of Black America? In 2021, are they the same as America? Because we know Black America. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you asking? You asking about morals, principles, or ethics? Ah, <laughs> why don't you break it down for them that are listening? Okay, because in my opinion, as it, as J Cole says, in my opinion, that dude broke up opinion. But anyways, <laughs> principles. Principles and morals are like mom and daddy. And ethics is the golden child. Because when I look at ethics, ethics has morals and principles all entwined and all ingratiated in the definition. But the principles and morals, they're like, all right, dog, we similar, but you ain't me. You know what I'm saying? We two entities. And I feel like the principle, I feel like what Brother Stokes was saying about America being like opportunistic, I feel like that's the principle of America. Like that's a principle America is based off of, because it's a fundamental truth that serves as a 
that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. So imagine you going to the club opportunistic. Oh, man. Okay. I see old shorty got dog. She, she making a lot of rounds. She must know a lot of people. She must know somebody in here. There's a lot of people in here tonight. Oh, they, they, they dressing good. Oh, I wonder who in here tonight. Oh, there's somebody in here tonight. Like that's a chain of reasoning because you're looking at all these things, reacting to it, just figuring it out. So I, that opportunistic nature, I feel like that's the principle of America. And I would even say, I would even say a twinge, a twinge of black America. Because as a whole, in the majority, we not, we're not really unified in our principles. Well, we're not even unified in real vision for real. But that's that, that that's a whole, that's a whole, whew, man, we can go on a whole other topic. But anyways. I feel like being opportunistic in America, I'm going to stick to America is, is that's the principle. And I feel like the morals or the a lesson, like a moral, like when I said cream, I feel like that's a moral that I got from the principle of America. So a moral, a lesson, especially one considering what is right or prudent, that can be derived from a story, a piece of information or experience. All the experiences I've seen on Instagram and all these viral people, all these people booming off this one song that you never hear them off the face of the earth again. All these people, oh, I seen them in a club, or even you think about, and this is in a good light, even if you think about boys to men pulling up on new edition. That's that's opportunistic. That's an opportunity, dog. Hey, y'all, we trying to sing in front of you. Even new edition doing it. I forgot who they did it for, but just seeing the opportunity just to get in the game. I feel like, and that could be Black America. Like, I feel like we see opportunity, mm, majority. Or uh, some, uh, I mean, of course, there are exceptions. But anyways, I feel as though a lot of it is more so collaborative effort. Like, I'm coming to you because I want to work with you. Now I want to work, not what I want to work you over. So I feel like the black community, we, we more so err on the opportunistic side that's positive and that's more so thriving and forward changing opposed to the opportunistic, devilish, I'm trying to get over on you type thing. Um. Yeah, and then the ethics. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the ethics. You have to come around the block about me about that. But <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I laid it down with the principles and the morals, though. The baby, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I haven't studied the baby yet. No, no, Shout I got the baby. I like the way you said that because looking back at the definition of ethics, moral principles that govern a person's behavior or the conducting of an activity. Now, if you wanna expand that to the totality of black America, as we view it, now we're looking at, okay, so if the principle is opportunistic, being opportunistic, and the moral is cream, then what you're looking at is how does being opportunistic for cream govern Black America's behavior or the conducting of the activity of Black America. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, and, and that's a great point, because then you got to say, okay, so what is the ethic or the ethics of Black America? And it goes back to what you said at the beginning, in my opinion. It goes back to the beginning of we're not a monolith, although they want us to be. They want to put the they want to put the underpinnings of being a monolith on us, but it's not. 
It's not. We, we, for, uh, I'm, what do you think, Sister Keeks? So I'm going to take what Kaylin has added and then also add a portion of survival or just trying to survive. Mm. Especially when I just think of how our our lineage within not even just this country, you know, all throughout. Like I'm just thinking of a ball of like when you're repotting a plant, right? You have to take it out of the old pot and then you have to put in put it in some new soil and you know it's a certain I'm not sure if there's a certain way you have to do it, but I know the way that I do it is I always like create some type of like almost like a hole in the soil so the the plant can sit in there comfortably and whatnot. So I'm just thinking about how the roots of the black community and just our ancestry and our our lineage all together. It's just gone from being contained in regard to the I guess just like the location of us physically to just being so spread out spread out all across many nations and things like that. So I said all of that to say, we have been trying to survive for a really long time. Like some people get to live, but I feel like with black people, we really be trying to survive because, you know, when we try to live, we get persecuted. Mm. And I feel like that sounds a little, it sounds a little dark, but. It's, it's true. That's true. So I, I mean, literally. Like, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, just for us, survival is something that go that I will intertwine into our our morale because we try to find things, we try to navigate around how we can still, how we can try to live, but at the same time, how we can survive, and still navigate through all these other things. Okay, well, how can I be the first in my family to? pursue college or pursue higher education you know and breaking generational curses and things like that so survival in addition to all the other things but I feel like a lot of times it goes back to survival Mm, see Keith's capped it off (laughs) Keith's capped it off brother souls led with the principle I came in with the moral Keith came in with the ethics together we form SFA Charlotte (laughs) I feel like the power rangers in this bitch we just get, we just need to stand still, and the blow up needs to be real slow behind us. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That is good. That is good. And 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 again, our conversation today is not meant to be heavy. Not meant to to bog down the listener. What we really are doing is laying a good a good foundation. Because where we're going next with this conversation is going to blow everybody's mind, including our own. And that is the reason why we want to talk about ethics, morals, principles. We're going to get into the activity of examining not just Black America, Black Charlatans, but we are going to get into the examination of who we are as beings. Brother Knoxless said, 
two, three episodes ago, but this is one of his key, uh, what's the word you use that you do every morning? Affirmations. It's one of his key affirmations. We need not try to fight for any other kind of right, and I'm paraphrasing, we need not try to fight for any other kind of right until we fight and gain and stand inside of the basic nature of human right. Yes, sir. Before you can fight for any other kind of right, you got to fight for human rights. So we are laying a good foundation about ethics, morals, and principle because we have to now take our, common net, uh, our conversation to the place of what is the issue with being human, meaning what is the issue with America and why it just won't acknowledge Black folks as human? Is the <laughs> ethics and morals of America actually corrupt? <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. If we're going to say that they are corrupt, then we as Black Americans, because again, we have America tied to our identity. You are, I am, Miss Keeks is, Brother Knoxless is of African origin. You trace our lineage, we come from the continent of Africa. But through the finagling of individuals who made their homes in America from 1619 going forward, we have to have the word America put behind our identity. And, and, and understand, our identity ain't even our identity. Our identity is an identity that America gave to us. Black people, again, the word black was not a word voted on by black people. And so when you when we say we are black Americans, we are tying the ethics, morals and principles of America to our identity. So if our desire as a human is to break from America, then we have to have our own set of ethics, morals, and principles. And since we are not a monolith, what do we have to do to get America to recognize that you're dealing with a human? You're not dealing with a Black American. You're dealing with a human. So uh, as the listener, I know you heard a lot right there, but we're going to we're going to chip away at this over the next, you know, 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes or so, hour or so. <laughs> but 
Miss uh, Brother Kalen, when you came upon that place, that, that spiritual place, that mental place, to recognize that before any other right, and these are my words, I'm paraphrasing what you said, before we could fight for any other kind of right, we needed to fight for human rights first. How did that, how did that manifest, how did that bubble up? How did that geyser break forth through the earth into your spirit, into your, 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 your emotional being, your, your, your present being? Oh man, we going here. This is this, he was for real. It might be an hour. Mm-hmm. All right. So um ah just really trying to figure out why are we still fighting for the same thing we've been fighting for for years. And like I, I just I, I I I always like they always say history repeats itself. So I feel like we haven't always been at the bottom. And so going back and seeing that we were at the top and then we were for lack of a better word we were ignorant to our own enemies and they bamboozled us into basically servitude and we literally went from on top to on the bottom overnight and then our mind was basically taken from us and we were given a new mind to basically think we were just coming to earth to the point of now we are coming into knowing that we haven't been this coming to earth, that we've been reinforced and told many times, time, 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 time and again. So why, like, how did we get back here to knowing, oh, we're not again? So I did my research, man. Go to YouTube. John Henry Clark, a great and mighty long walk. He goes through just African history from the from back when I said we were on top, like all the way back, like. Way, way back when, anyways, when there was just black people on earth. Hugh, man, anyways, um, run that back. Just, just Hugh, look up the definition and match that with man, and then you understand why I said everybody was black. Anyways, um, black is the, the color that encompasses all colors. Anyways, I did my research. <laughs> so I, I found him, and then he was really close with Martin and Malcolm. And he was really close to just that uprising in America of just just the black people just really coming into knowing who we are, the 1960s and things like that. So I'm like, okay, the Black Panther Party, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, like really the Nation of Islam, really looking at the civil rights movement, really looking deep though. Like I'm trying to find the answers. I'm not trying to find the protest videos. I'm not trying to find the 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 best sermon. I'm really trying to find the answers to this question, bro. Like I'm not trying to just go out here protest, risk my life for something I don't even know what I'm risking for. I want to have a plan. I want to know exactly what I'm doing. Why I'm mad. I want to know why I'm mad. Mm. Because I'm mad. I want to know why. And so I, I started doing my research and I really love One Night in Miami, that movie on Amazon Prime, because it showed me Malcolm X when he came back from when he came back from his Hajj and he was still in the nation. But he was preaching. He was basically trying to get Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown and Sam Cooke to convert to, to be Muslim because he was really trying to start a whole other move, a whole other Muslim movement in America, but it was going to be something that the nation Islam is not even touching to this point. But um, I really love that because it showed that he was 
preaching the nation of Islam rhetoric. He was preaching the knowledge. He was preaching what Elijah Muhammad wanted him to preach. But you could tell he was preaching so hard that he wasn't only trying to convert you. He was trying to stay convinced himself that what he was preaching was right. Because he was having an internal dialogue that I, I can't fully believe this anymore. I've seen different. I've seen something else. And so when I saw that, I was like, man, I never knew Malcolm was really fighting like that. They really, they really brought it out. And I was like, I need to know more about that Malcolm. You always hear about Malcolm's life when he's in the nation, but you rarely hear about, I feel like the most important part of like what was about to, he was about to take off. That's just like Nipsey Hussle. You always hear about Nipsey in the street stuff and how it was coming up. But my man was really breaking into AI, bringing that into stores. Like, he was really about to break the mold when he left. And I feel like people don't really focus on how advanced he was in that space. So, boom. I was like, let's research that area of Malcolm X. When did he leave the Nation of Islam before he died? That, that space was so pivotal for me. He literally has sermons on YouTube for free, bro. You can listen to this. He literally says... We're fighting, we're saying we want civil rights, but civil rights, you have to actually be a human first in order to be civil. This is why we have an episode called Words. Know what they're saying. Civil rights. Matter of fact, matter of fact, well, let's do it right now. Well, come on, Safari, bring up. Come here. Come here, girl. Come here. All right. Civil. 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 Come on. Come on, there you go. Civil. Relating to ordinary citizens and their concerns as distinct from military or existential matters. Courteous or polite. Relating to ordinary citizens. You remember when we went back and we did the definition of republic? We did the definition of all those other words and it said a specific group that was set apart, specific individuals, ordinary citizens. Why are we fighting to be ordinary citizens when we're not even seen as a whole citizen? That, that's what Malcolm X was saying. You fighting for civil rights? Dumb. We need human rights. You need to take America to the UN and because we have more seats in the UN. Malcolm X was going to Africa. It, it, this, so this, this is how I got here. Because Malcolm X was going to Africa, going to African government saying, listen, B. We need y'all. We in America, we around the world, Africa, the African di the diaspora, we need your gut. We need you because we need to bring America to trial to the UN where we have the seats in majority and they look like us so we can get a fair trial and get our reparations. All the African government said no. All the African governments is just like, ah, my bad, G. So my man came back to America. Was like, bump it. I just gotta. We just gotta. I just gotta preach it. We just gotta bring people aware. That's why he got taken out. He was trying to bring America to the UN, and America knows they don't have as much power, and the they don't have as much power in the UN as they do in the Supreme Court. So if Malcolm X wakes up enough people to bring America to the UN, oh my goodness, it's overflow. Black people, we back on top. That's not what they want. They tricked us off the top to get to the top, so they don't want us to get back. Even though the top is our divine right. And I'm talking about mentalities. And I'm not talking about black and white people. Just so we all clear. Because we all technically come from the same place. Back. So. When, when I heard that. I was like bro. Why in the frick are we not talking about this? Because. 
the human right, first of all, to you've seen the past. You've seen the past of what they've done to people that enlighten us. You've seen them, and that's the, that's book breaking. They, they they've been doing it since slavery. They just they they win by fear. That's it. That's all they have over us. All they have over us is fear. All they have over us is the illusion. When we wake up, open your third eye and realize that love conquers fear nine times out of eight times of the week, then you understand fear is just a big dude with a weak ankle. I'm two feet. I hit him in the ankle. It's over with. I'm the champ. We got, we need love. Love was in Black Wall Street. Love was in Brooklyn. Love was in the places that they went and tore up. We need to get back to love. Stop falling for that fear crap. Love. And if these oppressors love us as much as they say they do, if they can kneel in the Capitol and do all this cute stuff for us, then go to the UN, put yourself on trial, and be accountable to yourself for the first time in your life. And give us our money back, man. And give us our rights. And rewrite that constitution that say I'm three-fifths of a person and put we are we are the people, everyone, all of us. Hey, and another thing, since I'm talking to America, I probably got your attention. The Native Americans need some help too. Y'all screwed them over as well. It's their land anyway. I rest my case. Well Miss Keeks. Um well man. He, he asked. Right. Um, what can you, can you tell me? What was the question again? <laughs> if if America is what we are tied to, and if America's morals, ethics, and principles are corrupt, then what is? our recourse as black Americans because we have to be seen as human and no longer as black. And so the question really was, because I phrased it based on the fact that I knew Brother Knoxless had been speaking on this for a while. But the actual question is, how do we, as Black Americans, deal with, like really truly, deal with these ethics, morals, and principles of America, knowing that they are not seeing us as human? Mm. I feel like that's when we turn to many different outlets. The first one that comes to mind for me would be religion. Mm. Um, I know that religion sometimes can, as anything really, can be speak on it, can be a sanctuary and I feel like you can really you can make a sanctuary out of anything but speak on it (laughs) but religion is the first thing that comes to mind for me just being conscious of like the role that the church has had within a black community and not even just a church as an institution, but just as a spiritual housing, again, as a sanctuary for the black community. Um, and I feel like in us pretty much just going to those things that 
make us feel human, those things that we know that feed into our spirits. And this just makes me think of the conversation that you were that you had with us yesterday, Brother Stokes, and saying how we're spirits having a human experience. Mm. Um, so really just going to those things that tap into that and that feed that for us. And I emphasize anything being made into a sanctuary because I feel like a lot of times we just think that sanctuaries can be made out of very specific things, but you never know what can be that safety place for someone no matter how you may feel about the matter that they may be housing themselves in but Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. right away religion I know some people you know they enjoy um, I feel like we we love art so you know there's various forms of art whether that's singing or rap or dancing or fashion um or even poetry okay poet hey (laughs) speak on it sir (laughs) um what else um education you know major um and just connecting with the earth as well so like uh planting and gardening and things of that nature. But those are the first things that come to mind. Man, I I literally I I I am thankful that you said what you said because we really do as as descendants of stolen Africans now being found on this land called America. We really into our incubations, places of incubation, places of 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 of. Now that I think about it, incubation is the wrong word. Um, is the very wrong word. We run to our places of gestation, the places that are safe, like the womb, places that are safe where we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, we can't get reached, we can't get touched. But these are the places that we put ourselves in to forget about this outside world known as America. Because we know when we have to face it, it's cruel, it's dangerous, it's very hostile, it does not care. It has no remorse. It has no propension, propensity to capitulate. It it just does not. And so for me, yes, because I am older. Yes, because I have seen a little bit more than you guys have seen. Yes, because I have been lodged in those different places of sanctuary, my answer, my opinion, my viewpoint is that if we are not willing as a community, as a culture, as a body of individuals 
to grasp our humanity and stand in front of America displaying our humanity to demand that either America acknowledges and then moves according to the principles, the ethics and the morals that humans move according to, then we must form our own nation. If we are not willing to do that, we gotta leave this place because it's, it's not going to change. It's not going to, it is not in America's best interests. Right. As you said, Brother Knox list, it's not in America's best interest to have us go to the top again. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got no. we we have to see this is the hard conversation that that most of us avoid, not because we don't know that it's truth, fact. We avoid it because it requires too much thought. And let's be honest about who we are as a people today inside this place called America. It, it, I don't want to think that hard every day. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be sitting there trying to think about this, this shit every day. Like, I'm not trying to be sad every day. I'm not trying to be angry every day. I'm not trying to be distraught every day. I don't, one of the things that I know I'm tired of, I'm tired of body cam footage. Hmm. Less than, less than five years ago, almost every black American was pushed into a corner to say that was the best thing we could have ever had for us when it comes to our dealings with law enforcement inside this place called America. We, all you need is the body cam footage, the body cam footage, the body cam footage. Less than five years later, I don't want to see no body cam footage. Because the body cam was the distraction. The body cam was the item that distracted us from from being the body cam was the item that distracted us from the fact, the truth. We're on the bottom. So we'll 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 give you the body cam so you can have the body cam footage so that you cannot be reminded every day to become angry every day, to then demand every day, get off the bottom. Mm -hmm. But today, you don't even get the truth of body cam footage. A, a, A man was murdered. He wasn't killed. He wasn't shot to death. A man was intentionally murdered by the police, how do I know that is true? They won't release the entirety of the body cam footage. We saw a man 
for eight minutes and 46 seconds, lean on the knee, on the neck of a black man. You had eight minutes and 46 seconds of video footage. And for eight minutes and 46 seconds, every black person that was actually on the scene moved exactly how America wants them to move from the bottom. You don't have a mentality. You don't have a position. So if we are human, if, if we begin to move from that place that says we are human first, we begin to dig our way from the bottom. We begin to dig our way from the bottom. So those that are listening, those that are hearing us, those that have labored with us from the beginning of this episode, what we really are having a conversation about is you. We're having a conversation about who you are. Are you a black American or are you a human? And if you are a human, you have the right to install your own morals, ethics, and principles. And once you install, go look that word up. Once you install your own set of morals, ethics, and principles, then as a human, you move with a right to interact with other humans from the position of we are all human. I'm not dealing with a white American. I'm dealing with a human. Why? Because that human is dealing with a human. And if that white American fails or does not have the same thought process that I have, I got to jar him into comprehension or either jar him into remembrance. You ain't dealing with a black American. You're dealing with a human. That was final, a good point. Yeah. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Brother uh brother Knox list. No, yeah, that was beautiful because I was actually about to say I was about to say something too. I feel like give it all. Give it all. Give it all. I I feel like because I, 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 I resonate so much with what Brother So just said. Cause even doing the research that I did to find the answers, uh, y'all heard the passion. I mean, it, it it it's frustrating when you look at it. It's is is it's a lot. It's, it reminded me of watching Roots for the first time. It's like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to know this. But we need to know that yeah. so, so that we have the information for ourselves in order to make a decision for ourselves. Because our future has always been decided for us, but now we have the information at our fingertips to where we can actually decide our own future. And that brings me to my next point. If you always are looking for the world if you are always looking for your environment, if you are always looking for something outside of you to change in order for something good to happen, you will always be let down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you will always be disappointed. You will always be sad. You will always be depressed. Because the outside can care less about what you got going on on the inside. The only person that care about what you got going on on the inside is the person on the inside. So what does that mean, Kay? That means choose you. That means wake up every day and say your affirmations. Not for Billy, not for Joe, not for the cute girl on the bus. No, for you. Because at the end of the day, the cute girl on the bus like you for you. She don't like you because you wear what she like. If she really like you at least, that boy, that, that push up on you, if he really like you, he like you for, new, for you, not because of your assets or because of what you can provide. He can like you for you because at the end of the day, that's what you really deserve. You deserve someone to like, love, appreciate you for you, not for what you can do for them or what you can provide for them, not for the opportunity that you look at, that they look at you for. Mm. You're not an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You are a human being. You are put on this earth to be, enjoy, and multiply. And don't just think when you hear multiply, that means have sex and have children. That means multiply peace, multiply joy, multiply love. You can multiply and reproduce things in this earth that doesn't necessarily have to be another life. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can produce something that can actually propel another life that can propel another generation that can propel another nation so listen you can reproduce you can be fruitful and multiply more ways than one mama papa so like for real choose you consistently while executing marathon mentality when you wake up choose you because when america wakes up america chooses her daggone self every day and puts it on the news, puts it on Sports Center, puts it on Instagram, puts it on TikTok. I'm choosing myself today, and I hope you choose me too. That's what America's selling you. Stop drinking the Kool-Aid, man, and being mad that you got diabetes. Put the Kool-Aid down. Drink some water. Maybe you'll clear up the third eye. <laughs> Take out all that sugar so you can actually see that, oh, frick, I'm the Kool-Aid. I'm the shiznit. I'm spirit. I'm divine. I can co-create with that thing that's pushing me. Because you can. If Eric Thomas can do it, if J. Cole can do it, if Tupac can do it, if DMX can do it, if Kobe Bryant can do it, if all these other people can, if Serena Williams can do it, but Venus Wendy, got no, they're not even related, but Wendy got no, she made it. She did her own way. But if she can do it, if all these other people can do it, they are no different than you or me. They really aren't. They put their shoes on the same way. They, they put they. I love my football coach used to tell us this before we went out to play the other team. They put their pants on the same way you do. They put one leg in and the other leg in the same way you do. They put their shoes on one at a time the same way you do. So just because they're doing something on a grander scale don't mean that you can't do that, if not more. So how do I got dog not get bogged down by all this information that I've learned? How do I not get bogged down? I'm not a human being yet in American society. Define yourself for you and reinforce it daily, hourly. You know what you need to do for you. What what do I do? Thank you for what do I do? I'll tell you. I say my affirmation. I'm on this is what day, day nine. Yeah. 
I'm saying my affirmations to myself every day, and I'm saying them three times, everyone, three times, and I'm saying them, and I'm giving them everything, even the things that I'm not doing yet, I'm saying them as if I'm doing them, because it's about co-creating with the universe, whatever I put out, I want to get back, so if I put out, man, I hate this world, guess what, I'm going to get back everything that shows me that I hate this world, but if I put out that I am a product of my decisions, not, a, not my environment, then I will begin to see that, okay, I can decide what I want my environment to be, okay, you can either be depressed and looking at your current situation, or you can be spirit and understanding that time does not define you. But that's a decision I have to make. My environment doesn't decide that for me. I do. You are a product of you are a product of your decisions, not your environment. So choose you consistently while executing marathon mentality and see where you end up. I see you on the stars. Amen. Amen. A to the men. Amen. <laughs> Since the keeks. Um, hey, no, that was it. That was it. <laughs> That was it. Wow. Hey, everybody. Let that resonate in you. As the old folks say, let that ruminate within you, which means let it walk up and down inside of you. Allow for what Brother Knoxless just poured out into your presence begin to serve you, let it do its job, let it, let it do what it is supposed to do. It's supposed to do more than just encourage. It's supposed to do more than just motivate. It is supposed to inspire. That's it, let them know. Because when you allow for yourself as a human being to be inspired a for lack of a better example you allow for a light switch to be flipped from off to on and when that light switch is flipped all power necessary for the light to shine is now entered. So allow for yourself to be inspired. You are, without a shadow of a doubt, a human being. Don't allow any other title. Don't allow any other designation. Don't allow any other adjective, label, to have preeminence over that. You are a human being. I am a human being. I am a human being spirit having a human experience. Mm. And this has been SFA Charlotte. Consisting of Miss Keeks. Peace, 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 peace. Mr. Knox List. One love, family. ATL, stand up. <laughs> and your very own brother Stokes. And we will hear you next week. Make sure 
that you leave all of your commentary on our social media platforms. Facebook, that's SFA Charlotte. Instagram, that's SFA.Charlotte. Or you can catch us at our own personal pages. For me, all you got to do is go see Big Bruh. That's at go see Big Bruh, G-O-S-E-E-B-I-G-D-R-U-H on Instagram, Miss Keeks. You guys can find and follow me at Lord Have Mercy. L O L O R D E dot H A V E M E R C Y on Instagram. And Brother Knox List. You can find me at K N O X L I S T. That's K N O X L I S T. That's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yes, sir. Oh, snap. You can find me on YouTube at Kalen Anthony, K-A-L-O-N, Anthony spelled regular. Uh, Okay, so there are two accounts because Google made the switch over and bought at YouTube, and I had a YouTube account, but then they switched, so I couldn't pick. Anyways, so when you go to YouTube, there are going to be two Kalen Anthony's and two pictures of me. So the one that has more subscribers, that's the page. All right, boom. I just had to had to lay that out there just so people would know. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs> Oh man, we want to thank y'all. We really do. We want to thank y'all for rocking with us. We want to thank y'all for engaging with us. We want to thank y'all for all your suggestions, all your topic suggestions. We want to thank y'all just for being y'all. And we hope that you have found this episode to be beneficial to your life today. And we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Peace.